Hello and welcome back to Bourbon and Stuff. This is Carolyn from Bourbon and Stuff and as always here is my husband E. Hello. And uh, today we are doing another review. Surprise, surprise. Something a little special today. <laughs> and today we are focusing on Weller 12. Yep, the, you heard us right. The Weller 12. Yeah. And uh, for those of you in Florida, you're like, holy shit, how do you have Weller 12? Well... Well, actually, I guess the better one is, where did we get this and how much did we spend? <laughs> so, first and foremost, I will say that we spent $29.99. Yeah, $29.99. So, for those of you seeing way overpriced bourbon at, like, flipping hundreds of dollars on some store shelves. Yeah, we've seen this sitting on store shelves for 150 or more with signs that say limit one per customer, as if people are going to buy it at that price. Yeah, so... Uh, we, we've actually been able to uh, get two bottles at $29.99 through ABC. So, to be clear, that is ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, a family-owned and operated um, store. store here in Florida and Florida alone, not the ABC systems owned and ran by the government in control states. Yes. And um, for those that are unaware, ABC actually has a deal with Buffalo Trace to be the exclusive distributor of all Weller products, and this particular one, as of now, is hidden behind their vault. Yes, and I know that you've heard us take a shit on the vault multiple times. But you know what? Um, though it is $1,000 worth of product to uh, get gold status in the vault... If you do it right, um, it can be as little as 500 that you're putting in towards it. Which on... <laughs> is exactly what we did. And uh, sorry to interrupt you, but you're fine. I, yeah, that is exactly what we did. We did $500 through the sourced and certified products. Which have double points, if yes. you're unaware. And we did not buy a bunch of... Yes, we bought things that we genuinely wanted to try, had been meaning to try, and things that were just way out of our price range that we did not want to get for S's and G's. Yeah, um, um, and there are actually good quality sought-after name brands that we got, including uh, Bowman Brothers and uh, Foursquare, for those of you that are into rum. Yes, and that's a <clears throat> damn good rum, which we will review on another episode. Yes. Uh, we also picked up um, a 25-year Speyside Scotch. We did, which will be another recording yes. that we do at some point in the near future. Yeah. So, needless to say, we got some things that were very good to us mm -hmm. that gave us access to the vault. And unlike places like Total Wine with their Grand Reserve, this has a really good distribution system for people who make that status. Yeah. So, we haven't had any issues um, getting something when the vault emails get pushed through our options this time were um a bunch of random stuff and it was down to weller 12 and an 89 dollars bottle of midwinter night's dram i know that sounds absolutely obscene to some of you and we went with another bottle of weller 12 since weller is impossible to find 99 percent of the time here exactly yeah it's it's it is literally impossible pretty much anywhere at this point to find a bottle of Weller 12 at retail, much less multiple bottles at retail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so what do we know about this particular product? All right. We know that it is a Buffalo Trace product, and we know that it comes through with the uh, weeded mash bill. Which is very infamous, that weeded mash bill that is pappy. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It does come in at 45% ABV or 90 proof. And surprise, surprise, Weller 12 is 12 years old. And it has the most perfect, delicate, lovely, fancy bottle cap. Yeah, it's a screw cap for something that's this highly sought after. Yeah. There's no real cork, fake cork uh, back and forth that they could have. Nope, it's, it's a little metal, you know, like popping a soda tab yeah. type. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you think about it, before the whole bourbon boom happened, Weller 12 sat on shelves and collected dust. Yep. So it was a, a mid-tier bottom shelf bourbon for the longest time. And, well, here's where we are now. All right. Um, we have rambled quite a bit, so I apologize for that. And with all this being said, we will be right back to give you our thoughts on the nosin and the palate. All right, and we're back, and I'm looking at our notes that we took prior to starting to record, and I'm sniffing this guy now, and it's bringing out all of those elevated flavors oh, and, yeah. and scents, like, just a thousand times more. This, this dram absolutely benefits from sitting for about five or six minutes before you try to absolutely. get your nose or palate into it. Yeah. So it is very fruity on the nose, mm -hmm. like very fruity. But like a lot of like bright, rich kind of like candied stewed fruits, not like not apple or pear or banana, but just like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the oak is definitely coming out and showcasing this as a 12 year product. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of baking spices, especially like cinnamon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there really is. Um, it's like a fruity holiday treat in a glass in my nose. Yeah. So my initial statement that I wrote was it had a little bit of an ethanol-ish, you know, ness to it. It does not. After that five or six minutes yeah. of just sitting, after you let it breathe, it that completely dissipated. So it does. I do not agree with that. I'm gonna go ahead and say that's wrong, Carolyn. Yeah, well, that <laughs> initial versus letting it breathe, that's just how it works. Uh, ready to get into the tasting? I am. I mean, that's really nice. It's good. It's to real, me, it's very sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very sweet. To me right now, I'm probably based entirely on the fact that I've been drinking um, tea. strawberry tea for most of the night. Yeah. It's a little more bitter to me than I recall it ever being. So take my kind of like poo-poo at a with a with a grain of salt grain of sand whatever the phrase is <laughs> so it's very sweet the fruit definitely comes forward as does a bit of oakiness and and almost caramely sweetness yes that's my thing i'm having difficulties pointing at the correct sweetness and my mind goes to caramel but having taken that second sip or that third sip I don't know that that's right. It tastes more like just basic, simple syrup. Literally simple syrup? Yeah. Which is just sugar. <laughs> sugar. I know, that's not um, crazy, because it, it doesn't have the rich kind of molasses nature that that um, brown sugar does. It doesn't have the cooked sugar that caramel does. It's not that weird kind of pungenty sugar that toffee gives. I mean, to me, it... <clears throat> To, to put it properly, um, the sweetness is walking hand in hand with the oak influence to me. Okay. So it's it's 
like sweet oak. <laughs> and to me, the sweetness is more candied fruit. Yeah, I mean... Or candied... Well, no, that's right. Candied fruit. Like, I, I said earlier, and I stand by this, is kind of cobbler, where it's very, very sweet and syrupy and that kind of stewed fruitiness to it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I will say the finish to me, it, it lingers and it's a beautiful oak and butteriness to me. To you. Yes. I definitely don't agree with the buttery and I will revisit this when tea has not, you know, kind of abused my palate. Yeah. But I don't get buttery right now. We've definitely had bourbons that are really, really buttery. This is not it. And uh, personally... This is a little too sweet for me. Okay, that's fair. Um, I mean, especially in your current palate. Yeah. I could, I could definitely understand that. Um, I can totally see why people fawn over this bottle, at, especially at retail. I can totally see it at retail, why people fawn over it. That it's, it's a good, very well-balanced, sweet, fruity, oaky um, pour. I mean, it... There's nothing that that comes off as bad or bitter in this whatsoever. No. And even, like I said, even with my tea and it feeling a little a little bit more bitter than it should, I recognize that it is my palate that's doing that because I know this dram. This is something that we've had a dozen times, something that we know well. And it's a very easy, very clean, very fruity, very sweet, very... Baking, spicy, yeah, inviting dram. It drinks very, very, very easy. It does. There, there's really no fight or um, burn to be mm -hmm. had with this pour. Yep. Um, I guess my my thoughts on this, like just thinking about it and reflecting, is I would put this a couple notches above Eagle Rare for that easy, relaxing, fruity, oaky uh, pour that Eagle Rare is. That it's, it's in that same category, but just like a couple notches higher. So um, if you take Eagle Rare and turn it up to 11, yeah. that's what that's what this is. Because exactly. Eagle Rare is, I mean, to our palates now that we're used to drinking much, much higher cask strength, things like that, it, it it's like drinking... Water and I'm not saying that that Eagle Rare is bad because it's not. No, it's not. But but it, it's all that delicate fruitiness that Eagle Rare yeah, has, but, but and just, cranked up a bit. And it's adding spiciness to it. It's adding more rich, deep yeah. flavors. And frankly, I'm personally comfortable spending up to forty on a bottle of Eagle Rare. Um, realistically, I think that like forty-five to fifty, if I didn't have any bottles, is probably the max that I would spend on this. Um, eh. I think that 40 is acceptable. I I wouldn't go much more than that. No. Like, if it was multiples to have, like, to have an extra one, yeah, no, I probably yeah. wouldn't go over 40 for a bottle of um, 12. This is a, a mid-tier product. Yeah, and that's, that's what it. it should be. That's it. That's all I will ever pay for it. Our mid-tier, personally, for us, judgment-wise, caps out at 50. Yeah. I will literally never, ever, ever pay more than 50 for this bottle. I think it's obscene that people want you to pay more than 50 for this bottle. Yeah. Um, 
And I think the biggest problem with that is is Pappy Mania. Mm. That people buy a bottle of this, buy a bottle of Weller Antique, and think that blending the two of them together is going to give you something that's as good as, like, Pappy 20. Um, that That's not what that is. That was supposed to be a blend that um, created a mimic of Weller Centennial. Which... I'm going to go ahead and stop E because ah, I love him dearly. I rant but on this. This is something that grinds his gears like nothing before. And I will make sure that in the description box for this podcast, which you will see on nearly every platform that this exists on, he will link you to uh, some information about this because he has actually spoken to the gentleman that created the mix that made it popular who can tell you that... Maxim? Not Maxim? What's the magazine that it was quoted in? Not Maxim. Esquire. Esquire. There we go. And it wasn't the magazine, it was their site. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was misquoted and people ran with that and it pisses him off and it pisses E off and we're just going to stop rambling about this because people are wrong. And it's people's wrongness that caused this bottle to go from a mid-tier shelf product that could easily be gettable to a unicorn. Yeah. That is unacceptable. I am done with my rant. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry, baby. Mmm. No, can... it's okay. I, I may just do another rant privately <laughs> for a recording and have it as a bonus podcast of This Ain't Pappy. I promise someday in the very near future, we will do a fun and infuriating episode all about how y'all motherfuckers are wrong. And I promise you being the snarky douches that we are we will even title that and we will talk about a lot of the misconceptions yes that exist <laughs> in bourbon ranging from the bullshit mixes that people do to the misquotes that people have to the godforsaken wrong mash bills that people list all over the internet when the correct numbers are available on the website of the distillery <laughs> we both have our things um, so I guess my question to you is, what would you get that you would say is similar enough to this that people who can't find Weller 12 can find and enjoy? Um, Makers. You think Makers? I think Eagle Rare. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> Eagle Rare is also slightly difficult for a lot of people to find. Makers is not difficult for people to find. I'll give it to you. And it's another kind of basic weeded bourbon so i know i'm calling this a basic bitch but i mean it is it is is. um yeah i can you're gonna get a lot of hate for that one i'm just throwing that out i honestly don't care and you know what that's okay this is your opinion yeah this is my opinion i'm not saying that they're that they're the exact same thing i'm saying if you can't find this on the shelf just get some damn basic makers. Yeah. It's fruity. It's sweet. It's a really nice basic bourbon to have. They do shit right. And guess what? <laughs> you can find that on the shelf any Everywhere. fucking day compared to this stuff, which is incredibly difficult to find. Yeah. So. I, I can't argue against that. <laughs> oh, my lord. Okay. okay. You want to take us out? Yes. Uh, okay, uh, please do check me out on Instagram. My username is bourbon underscore and underscore stuff. I currently have a giveaway going on that I will not tell you about because I've already done a podcast about and it's on my profile. Check it out if you're within the United States and you're over the age of 21, which, let's be real, you should be 21 if you're listening to this. And if you're not, 
I hope you're just taking notes to get ready for when you do turn 21 so you know what to get. There we go. Yeah. If you should choose to support us, that would be fantastic. You can do so by donating right to our channel. You can do this by listening to us or sharing our podcast with anyone who you think might be interested. All of that absolutely helps. And remember that all whiskeys, including Weller 12, are meant to be shared. <laughs>